I'm Angie, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. We're the Faith Love Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together, and we hope that you'll enjoy your time with us. In previous episodes, the Israelites have signed a covenant, a binding agreement with God. Some people have moved into the city of Jerusalem. One in ten moved in. Now the people are beginning to understand the importance of the calling and the vocation of the priests. I'm going to read a couple passages. Um, Nehemiah 12, verses 8 and 9, and then Nehemiah 12, verse 24. So 8 and 9 from the NIV. The Levites were Joshua, Benui, Kadmiel, Sherebiah, Judah, and also Mattaniah, who, together with his associates, was in charge of the songs of thanksgiving. Bakbukiah and Uni, their associates, stood opposite them in their service. And then um, verse 24, And the leaders of the Levites were Hashabiah, Sherebiah, Jeshua, son of Kadmiel, and their associates, who stood opposite them to give praise and thanksgiving, one section responding to the other, is prescribed by David, the man of God. Okay, so if you're following along with us, um, today we're talking through chapter 12, all of chapter 12, which is so much genealogy. And so um, we're sparing you and we're sparing poor Terry from <laughs> reading the whole entire thing because it would be one tongue twister after another. Mm-hmm. That is for sure. So I don't know. Let's just dive into chapter 12. Okay. All right. Okay. So we, ta- we start out, um, well, we're talking about genealogy. Mm-hmm. And just to ease us into the morning, we are normally we record kind of mid morning, but we got to jump on things early this morning. So um, you might notice a difference in our, um, <laughs> our wit and charm. Yeah, the difference between seven forty five and eleven o'clock. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the amount of coffee we've had in yes. the morning. You'll increasingly so. see us get smarter and smarter today. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Maybe um, not. I'm awesome. not guaranteeing. <laughs> no guarantees. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, stretches out from day to day, and then you won't notice. How about that? (laughs) Um, So since we're talking about genealogy, does anybody have any crazy like family stories that they want to start out with today? I don't know. I don't. don't. You don't? Okay, so I have um, a woman who married into our family. She was my dad's cousins, maybe second cousins, wife. And she was super into genealogy. And she went back and she was researching. She was super into like our family genealogy, the family that she married into. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we went back for our generation, or my dad's family has been traced back to like the 1200s or 1100s. Oh, like oh, So wow. really far back. Yeah. And um, anyway, she decided that she was very interested in our family, um, the family that she married into, because when she was working on her family genealogy, she found out she was related to Lizzie Borden. Oh, Oh, my goodness. So then she was like, and I'm 
done. Let's and move I'm on. Done. Yeah. Yeah. So check out someone else's family. Yes. Right. So right. Cut it out has a different meaning in your family. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody be sharp. Okay. <laughs> so one of those seven habits that you're supposed to sharpen right. the sharpen saw. The saw. Oh, oh, don't do that. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Heads will roll is a whole different, <laughs> whole different thing. <laughs> Sorry. That's so bad. Uh, and if you don't know who Lizzie Borden is, Google it. <laughs> yeah. She was not a good person. And then no, you'll no. laugh your head off. Wait, no, no, that's no. not what I wanted to say. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, uh, with genealogies, you want to kind of start talking about what what's the purpose or why was it important for them to have? Yes. Do you genealogies? Wanna, that's yeah. awesome. Well... Um, I think that, you know, God certainly implemented that back with Moses and Aaron. He instituted the priesthood. Aaron was the high priest, and then God called the Levites to be the tribe that would produce all of the priests. So it was very important to him that they maintain their um, religious integrity. He didn't want any contamination with any foreign gods or any... um, uh, foreign ideas about who God was or how to worship God. So, mm-hmm. you know, everything was Aaron, Moses, and their sister Miriam was a prophetess, but Aaron was the high priest, and then, uh, yeah, Aaron was the high priest, mm-hmm. but the priesthood came through Levi, mm-hmm. the tribe of Levi. Yeah. And we had this um, write up in our homework too that talked a little bit about why genealogies are important. <coughs> And one of the things they talked about is that it confirms the, um, just what you were saying, that um, it confirms the historical reliability of the Bible, that real people. Mm-hmm. So people that are mentioned in the Bible also mention outside sources, historical sources. So it confirms that there were real people that had these real experiences in the Bible. Um, the other was to make sure that they could serve in certain roles, like you were talking about, mm-hmm. with the Levites and the priests, that that would come down mm-hmm. through the genealogy. Um, and you had to prove your genealogy in order to become a priest, that, to prove that you were from the lineage of Levi. Of Levi. It, otherwise, you could not perform priestly or uh, Levite-type duties mm-hmm. if you couldn't prove it. And some of them that were there could not prove it, mm-hmm. so they had to wait and see. Yeah, and so that's when they use the Urim and Thummim to do that, mm-hmm. to help confirm some of that. Because remember, these are people that were just taken into captivity. Mm-hmm. And so documents usually you know, don't stay with you. Um, mm-hmm. So I can see how that line could get destroyed or that information could get destroyed. Mm-hmm. Those documents that they found were in the temple, right? I don't know. I think that was true. Because it kept saying, and this is what I found in the record. Oh, okay. So I yeah. think, you know, well, you know went to the... The Israelites were really good about um, keeping track. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, they did a census every now and then, and they would list all of the families and all of the male members. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was certainly important to God. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, one of the things, the genealogies, they help prove the biblical prophecies, um, it... The, one of the prophecies was that, was that Jesus would become would come out of the line of Judah. Mm-hmm. So you have to prove the line to prove right. that prophecy. Right. You have to be able yep. to follow that through. Right. Um, I, one of the things I liked in this particular, um, it was by Compelling Truth, Bible Genealogies, BibleCompellingTruth.org. 
when they talked about the diversity of individuals that showed up in the line, like Rahab, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um, there would be unexpected people in it. And, and Ruth, you know, Moabite women, we're going to be talking about that, mm-hmm. I think, too. But just how important they are. And I, it's funny, my mom is from the South. And it was like, who's your mama, who's your daddy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sure. Really? It, it mattered. Mm-hmm. Who's your kin? Who's your who's kin? Who's your kin? Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. yes. Yep. Yeah. That was one thing that people asked us a lot when we first mm-hmm. moved there was like, who's your kin? Yeah. And when we, let me just tell you, we had, we did not have Southern ears at that point. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And the first time somebody said, who's your kin? My husband was like, I don't know who Ken is. (laughs) Ken. Ken. My husband just said, I'm so sorry, I don't know who that is. He's like, who are your parents? (laughs) You know? It's like, oh. Ken. Gotcha. Ken folk. We don't say that around here. No. You know, we're California people, so that's not something that you hear. No. And so, you know, even as you're saying that, and I'm just kind of remembering from the South, it mattered what happened in your family. If there was a scandal, it mattered if someone was terrible. And I'm sure it mattered here, too, in Mm -hmm. these genealogies. They were going to remember that for a long, long time. Case in point, the Hatfields and McCoys. Right. Right. Most people still know what that's about, basically. Yeah. I mean, they don't let go of those things. Well, really, up until fairly recently in history... Your genealogy had so much to do with your station in life mm-hmm. and your um, even your occupation. I mean, think about Romeo and Juliet. You know, that was... It's part of your identity. You know, is. my mother is um, was orphaned at two and um, grew up in an orphanage. Mm-hmm. So we knew who her family was because she was the youngest in the family and there were a bunch of older brother and sister, brothers and sisters um, and one aunt who was living, um, that she would see every now and then. But it certainly impacted my mother growing up to not know much about her family. Mm -hmm. Um, She felt that Mm -hmm. um, her whole life. She still feels that to some extent. Although now that she's a Christian, she identifies much more that she's a part of the family of God than that she was a part of any other earthly family. I mean, that is her main identity now. But for most people out there, I think, you know, you look at your mom and your dad, and that helps define who you are. And so for the Israelites, they could look at those genealogies, um, at those family members that they had who, you know, came out of Egypt, who crossed that desert, and it helped them identify as the people of God. So it was mm-hmm. of major importance, I think. Yeah, that they were part of God's family. Part of God's family, His chosen people. And this is how I fit in. Am I a Levite? Am I not a Levite? Right. Mm-hmm. What's my position? Where's mm-hmm. my land? What's my purpose? Right. You know, we all struggle even today with what's our purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this, you know, God was really forward thinking, of course, <laughs> in that he established a purpose for, for each of those tribes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty awesome. And land, except for the Levites. Right. Except for the Levites. Right. Because God was their portion. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Do you think they feel kind of gypped, though, by the fact that they're like, look, that guy gets the land, and that guy gets the orchard, and that guy gets the cows, and I get God. God. (laughs) You know, because they can all have God, too, but I don't get this extra stuff. They got the tithe. 
They get they did have and they did get some land and right around the uh, outside of the wall, so they could keep cattle and stuff like that. But they had to depend on the Israelites to give to give it to them. Mm -hmm. So it's like they didn't even have that inherited right. Right, exactly. I don't. That's just me playing devil's advocate. They did have the Levite cities, Mm -hmm. seven cities, Mm -hmm. and the cities of refuge. That were those were Levite cities. Yeah, so they. They weren't homeless. No, no. And that certainly, you But they couldn't build a dynasty like somebody else might be able to build, having political marriages and creating more wealth and purchasing more land. They couldn't do that. Right. And so certainly had to change their perspective. Right. Um, And, you know, what a privilege to know that your purpose in life is to serve God. Yeah. Yeah. In, the, in that time, in that especially. Time. Mm-hmm. And the ones that couldn't prove earlier on, the ones that couldn't prove they were Levites, they were waiting for the priest to throw the, the Ur, Urim and Thummim yeah. mm-hmm. to find out if they could be Levites or not. So I would say it was, it was kind of a privilege. special privilege, yeah, yeah. And they may have felt that way. I mean, look at... Um, most Christians that you know, don't, don't they all want to do something for God? You know, once we become believers, that kind of gets in our heart that, ooh, I want to, I want, I want to do something. I'm going to be a part of what God's doing on this earth. So I'm, I would imagine that the Levites had some of that. Um, and yeah, it was kind of a, it was, a special privilege. And uh, it talks that God um, gave the Levites as a gift to the priests to be their helpers. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Like God said, they are my gift to you. It's like, Wow. Awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, I love that. This is my human thinking again, but I think I'd be like, man, not only am I not allowed to have my own stuff, but now I, and yes, thank you, Lord, for making me a gift. I guess. And thank you for giving me a purpose, but does it really have to be the carrot peeler? You know? I'm like, look around. Can I not be something bigger for you? Sure. Go ahead and clean out the outhouses. Right. You know, here's the thing, though. Well, that's that was part of their duties. They took care of the temple grounds. It was. But, I mean, we're giving and jobs to do. God sometimes Mm -hmm. gives us, God always gives us something to do. Um, We may not always recognize it, and we certainly may not always like it, but sometimes it's like, well, this is the gift and the job that you've given me for right now, and I really want to be doing something bigger Mm -hmm. and maybe something more noticeable, maybe something that um, we feel like is going to make a bigger impact. But really, I think some of the sweetest times um, of service are the ones where you start out kind of begrudgingly, and then God just changes your heart, and then you come to realize, you know what? Peeling carrots isn't so bad. Mm. I learned not to take my finger off with it, so we're, (laughs) you know. Mandolins. Right. (laughs) I've done it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that is true. I think all of us have probably been asked to do something in the church in particular that we were like, oh, man, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And then that very thing would become such a blessing in our lives. Mm -hmm. I have to say, somebody asked me um, to serve with the Mm two-year-olds. And I agreed because my daughter was desperate to serve with the two-year-olds. And at that point, the church we were in, you had to have um, an adult, like the the middle schoolers had to have an adult that was willing to serve with them consistently. And she said, Mom, will you just serve with the two-year-olds with me? And I was like, yes, I will. And I'll tell you, I 
was so sweaty by the time <laughs> I was finished in that class because yeah. 14 two-year-olds and oh, and two wow. people is oh. not, I mean, yeah. anyway. They can take you, man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it was such a sweet time to be able to do that with my daughter. I was going to yeah. say, how awesome yeah. is that? It's Mostly. Sure. Mostly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there were days where she was like, Ugh, Got can it. mom just go somewhere else, please? Oh, really? <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, man. During that time, you'd be like, Mom, get me, get me, help me out here. She just, she's awesome. She just sits and she kind of is, she's real laid back. She just kind of lets the chaos happen around her. So, oh, like, my gosh. Stop. <laughs> so my opposite thing in the church is let me set up the chairs. Like, let me stay in the background. Mm-hmm. Don't put me where I'm going to be seen. That's my preference. Mm-hmm. I'm a behind the scenes type person. Yeah. So every time I've been asked to step out in front, I'm like, ah, I don't know. The, and one time with the teaching, the way I got into it is I actually said, hey, Dee Dee, you know, and I was talking to her about it and it was like, why did I say that? What is wrong with me? What's going on? But every time I've stepped into more service in the church, it actually grew my faith. Oh, absolutely. And that's the reason we talk with people about um, leadership or how can you serve in this um, in a capacity. Mm-hmm. Our particular group is Insights. Um, and when people step up into leadership positions, even if it's the information person, even if it's the person doing hospitality, their faith changes, their connection with God changes, and it grows a little bit more. So I want to encourage the chair setter upper people, mm-hmm. <laughs> step out, yeah. do one more little thing. It's not, it does help the ministry, but the reason that job is there is so that you will grow with God. And that's the piece I'm looking at with the Levites, how God provided people to serve. Not just them to serve the people, but for the people to care for them back. That mm-hmm. creates that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That creates that um, it's not all about me, mm-hmm. right? right? And um, I, I, it was kind of neat as I was listening to us talk about it. I was like, how nice that God has done that. And he continues to do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm not going to say that God's provided the poor, but we have opportunities to engage the poor, to keep seeing it's not all about me. Mm-hmm. And any engaged two-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> my feelings were not hurt when we were done with that. I'll tell oh you. Oh my goodness! My thought, my if my son would have asked me that, I was like, no, I know what you were like when you were two. I do not, not need to do that. this. <laughs> I barely made it through you. Right. Your terrible twos. Yeah. Ooh. So, oh, go ahead. No, it's fine. No, there's just there's the two lines. We're shown mm-hmm. the the in the homework. We're looking at the Levite line, which was the priestly line, priestly line, but then also keep in mind there's the messianic line, and they're showing that Levi was the third son of Jacob. Jacob had twelve sons. That's where we get the twelve tribes, mm-hmm. right? And um, Judah was the fourth son, and that's where the messianic line came through. When we say messianic, we're talking about Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have to prove that genealogy in order to prove that prophecy. But we're going to pretty much focus on the Levite side, right? Right. Yep. Today we're going to kind of camp out um, between the Levites and the priests, um, kind of what their duties look like and the importance of those duties. Um, yeah. Do you ever say a word over and over again and think that doesn't sound right? Yeah. Duties. <laughs> duties. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Now it's sounding bad. <laughs> But let's look at some of the duties. <laughs> oh, here we go. What are some of the things the priests... So it's separated into the high priests, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What did they do? 
Cricket, uh, made the yearly sacrifice for the people to cover their sins for the whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, he only went once a year into the Holy of Holies mm-hmm. to make that supreme sacrifice for them. So that would have been the priest we were talking about earlier, remember, with um, Shemaiah? And pulling the guy mm. out by the ankle. Mm-hmm. This right. is the, this is the one. Yep. I thought of another thing with that too. By the way, oh, like, what if you're the person that's holding the the rope as the guy's going into the holy of holies? And you know how like sometimes when you're vacuuming, you get things twisted up. And so all of a sudden you're standing there with the rope, and all of a sudden it's like it goes, and you can't. It's now under the curtain, and you're like, hey, Joe, or something. <laughs> anyway. Oh anyway, let gosh, me let me so go funny. back. The the high priests were related to, from the direct line of Aaron. They were direct descendants of Aaron. Um, so they had, those are the high priests. Those were their jobs. They had the major things. They're the ones that would wear the big breastplate with the, the mm-hmm. um, they'd have stones in it. The ephod. Mm-hmm. The ephod. Yes. Yeah. Um, e p h o d. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. let people know. Um, and so then, ones that weren't directly. Um, descended from Aaron, those were the regular priests. And what would they do? Well, they made the other sacrifices during the rest of the year. Like the animal sacrifices and the... Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And the grain and the wine and the... Oils. Oils. So those were your everyday priests. Mm -hmm. Right, right. They operated in the outer court by that altar. Mm -hmm. And that was continuously going. People would bring their sin offerings... Um, daily, I mean, not that I would a person, single person, would bring their their sacrifice every day, but you know, the, the whole company of people. Mm-hmm. So they were busy out there every day, yeah. and that's why um, they were appointed people to bring the wood uh, to mm-hmm. to that to the temple, to the temple mm-hmm. for the offerings because they had to keep that fire going all the time. But I bet you it's pretty pretty busy during the. Holidays, like during their feasts, the festivals, sure. festivals, sure. yeah, busier then. But otherwise, you know, every time someone had a firstborn child, they would have to come and offer a sacrifice. I mean, there were a lot of other reasons in the law instituted in the law to bring a sacrifice, and, and that's what the regular priests would do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit too about the fact that the the priest stands before God as a representative of the people, um, because I. You know, I think about Jesus as our high priest, and um, this is what I got kind of off on that track when we were studying. Um, So Hebrews says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So I love that Jesus is my high priest. He made a one-time sacrifice, like that annual Mm -hmm. sacrifice that covered all sin. He made an eternal sacrifice with his blood that washes my sin away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the thought of that. See, he is still my great high priest. He's sitting at the right hand of God. And when I go to him, he represents me to the Father. I, I have access to the Father through him. Um, and I just love that picture, mm-hmm. you know, that I run to Jesus. He's sitting right there next to the Father. And then he looks over at the Father and says, 
hey, Father, it's okay. She's with she's me. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So That's awesome. That was sort of my whole, you know, as I read all this, um, you know, what is a priest for? Well, that's that's kind of what my heart got caught on. It's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. great. That was beautiful. That's yeah. I'm I'm not feeling very spiritual right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you got a lot going on. That's okay. She's got a big I, smile on her face <laughs> and a little sparkle in her eyes. <laughs> because as Angie's talking about, like Jesus is our high priest and we're in and it's okay. All I can think of, like for the last five minutes, I've just been thinking about Nacho Libre. What? <laughs> okay, how'd that come in? Okay, so Nacho Libre um, is a movie okay. and oh, he's man. a he's a priest. When he's he's a priest and then he starts he turns into a wrestler. Like a um Lucha like Libre. all do, right? Yeah, right. Like a WW. <laughs> no, like no. a Mexican wrestler. Oh, okay, okay. So he's a priest, but he is—he's the guy. Uh, they serve in an orphanage, and he's the guy who has to make food for the kids. But they don't have any money, and so he always makes just like this slop. And the <laughs> other guy—I mean, it's you know food, yeah. but that's essentially oh. what it is. Um, and all the other guys. He feels like have bigger priestly duties, okay. and so he's not feeling very significant, and which is why he goes out and looks for significance in the world. Oh. And of course, here's a spoiler alert, but it turns out that everything works okay, and he finds his significance in the place where God has put him. You know, he okay. finds his significance as a priest and working with the kids in the orphanage or whatever, but... Anyway, all I can think of is like the fact that he's the lowly guy who has to go get the chips from the cast-offs from the restaurant, um, mm-hmm. you know, and that he's he's a Levite, really, is what he is. And there are all these other guys that are sitting there, and they have fancier duties than he does. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, he's the worker bee. He's the worker bee, mm-hmm. but he does find joy in that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once he gets over his hump of like, I need to be famous or whatever. Anyway. Anyway, sorry, that was a whole different thing, but, you know. Darn, now I don't have to see the movie. (laughs) You know what? You should actually watch it. It's very funny. But um, anyway, I was just thinking about how that's kind of a... I think it's a big deal for us, too. Yeah. You know, we all... And and even Nehemiah, he kept saying, remember me, Lord, for what I've done. Right. You know, we're all wanting to be a part of God's story. Um, And it... and I think because of our humanness, we would like some recognition for it here too. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of type yeah. A personalities out there that are, you know, they want to know what they're doing, and they want everybody else to know it too. Well, being a server, um, a part of my gift is I'm behind the scenes. Um, you know, as we studied long, many years ago, it was like, I am not a queen. I'm a queen maker. I'm behind the scenes. I'm yeah. doing whatever she needs to get her to her spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll do whatever I have to, to help you. Uh, for myself, clear instructions. It's all I need, and I will do whatever I have to do. But a part of my personality in that, in the books, it's not just me, is that we do like a little recognition at the end of it. Yeah, Not right. public recognition even. Just, wow, thank you for doing You'd that. You'd like your that queen to recognize yeah, that you helped yeah, make her. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's a little bit of that, a little bit you of know, that. recognition thing. Yeah. Well, and 
like you said, Angie, you know, that um, Nehemiah just says, remember me, oh God, mm-hmm. remember me, remember yeah. me. And I do, that's, a, I think, a big thing for all of us mm-hmm. is we want to be remembered. But because of the fact that Jesus is sitting there next to God and has our backs, you know, that we're with him, he's like, hey, remember her? She's with me. She's with mm. me. Yeah. She's, you know, remember what she did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's mine. It's my girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. As you guys are sitting here talking, like, you know, that we want that recognition. I don't. Like, mm. and I think that could have been my upbringing because I knew I'd get in trouble. <laughs> I mean, it is yeah. ingrained in me, like, I don't want recognition. I'm just going to keep moving. I'm just going <laughs> to, yeah. did that, done that, gone, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that. I, yeah, that's kind mm. of really uncomfortable for me. So that's something, like, as I'm hearing you guys talk, it's like, oh, I might need to check that out, like, what's going on? Because I'm no longer condemned. It's like I have Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> wow, have I leaned on that move? <laughs> you know? Well, personality is important, I think, and what our expectations are, the way you're brought up, mm-hmm. all of that figures into your perception of the world and, and, and the world's perce- Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I kind of think, woo, got away without getting in trouble there. Let's keep moving. You know, my mm-hmm. thing is the more recognition you get, the more in trouble you're going to get. <laughs> And she must have been so bad. Yeah. I'm she not must have been bad. so That's bad as a kid. No, you're so not. when you're you go awesome. to a restaurant and it's your birthday, if you're going to a Mexican restaurant and it's your birthday, do you want the sombrero and the singing happy birthday? No. But wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Now, that oh, she might go for. You are, I'm, I'm pointing my finger right at Rosemary. You are a fun girl. You like all fun. That's what I mean. It wouldn't be because I want the recognition. Right. It's because like, whoa, let's try That's this. Fun. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, I used to... Um, on the day of my birthday, I used to walk around and go, I don't care who it was. It could have been at the bank. It, I did this to someone in this... Where was, it was the bank. And she was getting ready to hit the button thing. And I, I was just exchanging. And I go, you know, today's my birthday. And she goes, oh, happy birthday. I go, this could be your last chance to sing to me today. Oh! And she goes, I, I don't do that. How old were you? We don't do that. Oh, this I, was two weeks ago. I was like, no, I was like in my 19s to 20s or something. Oh, but it was about fun. Oh it wasn't yeah. about, because a, a, a song is free. To sing that to someone, yeah. mm-hmm. and as you sing that to someone, it, it can be a real intimate, kind thing to do. So yeah. I was probably yeah. crossing boundaries. But it's fun. Now it was fun for me to see how people would react. This waitress <laughs> one time, she goes, we don't do that here. I go, no, but I wasn't thinking everybody would, just maybe you. And she goes, oh, I'm going to so bless you by not doing that. Oh. <laughs> see, I was a people pleaser, so I would never have asked anybody to do anything that might have been uncomfortable for them. Okay. Because then they might not like me. Sitting, <laughs> listening to that makes my, literally my palms Sweat. are sweating right now. Because <laughs> I don't, I, my husband is like, give me the sombrero and somebody stand on a table <laughs> and yeah. sing and yeah. bring the mariachi over. I want it all. Yeah. And I told him one time, because he would always joke. And I said, if you ever take me somewhere and tell them that it's my birthday and they come and sing to me, I will vomit and then cry oh and gosh. I will leave and oh you will be gosh, stuck here seriously. to clean it up. Ooh. I mean, I am I, so is, against mm. that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm there for play, but I don't know that I want recognition for things that I've done. Like I weird? don't, and I don't, I just don't want any kind of public, like, so sitting here and talking with, you know, just the four of us mm-hmm. is one thing. I'm good with that. But yeah. somebody came to me and said something and they were like, I've been listening to you. And I was like, that's awesome. I'm so glad, you know, and mm-hmm. that's awesome. But I'm like, 
I, I, how do you know who I am? That's right. super <laughs> weird to me yeah. because that is not my deal. Mm-hmm. Like that is not my deal. We've talked about having pictures up on the right. website, mm-hmm. like so people can, you know, see yeah, us or whatever. And I told my husband, I was like, this makes me feel really weird. Huh. Like knowing that there are people out there who know me, but I don't know them. Yeah, I, um, I was in a store. This is back when I teach on stage or something. And someone said, oh, you taught. You were teaching. And I was like, I'm in the store and I'm like, I don't know, looking for cranberries. I don't know what I was looking for. <laughs> and I was like, and I turned and I said, how did you recognize me in my super disguise of no makeup and bad hair? I go, really? How did that happen? <laughs> you know? But yeah, I don't know. I guess well, if we had a psychologist or a counselor at the table, we'd probably figure this out. But I don't know if we can. I don't so. know. But we can rest in the fact that God knows us better than mm-hmm. anybody and that he does recognize us and that he does remember us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to me, that's important. Yeah, and, uh, that's the most important, really. Right. And, and forget the things I've done too that aren't so good. <laughs> yes, <laughs> some of us important. need more on that flip side. There, yeah, that's that. As far as the east is from the west thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, which we're very grateful for. One of the other things that I I have um, out of our homework, um, one of the priests' responsibilities described in Malachi is that the priest ought to preserve knowledge, and from his mouth should. Men should seek instruction because he is the messenger of the Lord Almighty. So there's some preaching going on maybe too with those priests, which we didn't mention earlier. So well, that was much a, of that. There was that was a big for. part of their yeah. responsibility. I think mm-hmm. was to teach the people, mm-hmm. um, well, to teach them truth, mm-hmm. to teach them the scriptures, and we have to remember that. The average person at this point in the world was not reading, was not writing. Mm-hmm. So they were the Bible. They were the Word of God. These people were the the priests were. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the ones who were teaching it and and making sure that the lineage of Christ and the lineage of the Levites um, were kept true um, and pure. Mm-hmm. And so they were the ones who had that responsibility. So I might be blurring some lines here, but going back to where Angie was talking, like we're a royal priesthood. Um, as we walk, as we, I'm going to say, teach the Bible, or as we act as priests, um, what that looks like is we live out God's word. Mm-hmm. We're, we can we can bring His Scripture through because we've studied His Scripture. We have that generosity. We have that kindness. We have that um, self control, peace, gentleness, goodness. Ah, those fruits of yeah. the spirit. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it looks like when we're the priests. Mm-hmm. When we are, and and I'm not saying we're descended from Levi. That's not what I'm saying at all. But as, do you want to explain? Like, talk a little bit more about that. Well, when, as as a, that royal priesthood, we represent Christ on the earth today. So we don't have a Levitical priesthood anymore. Um, we have Jesus as our high priest. So yeah, the whole point is that the Holy Spirit is living through us to bring the presence of God into our lives today, um, which is pretty awesome when you think about it, that God isn't just sitting up in heaven. He's actually dwelling mm-hmm. in each one of us who believes that Jesus died for our sins. Um, so the biggest thing I think that we're supposed to show forth is the love of God. And we're a living testimony. So 
my life shows that God so loved the world, and me included, that he sent Jesus to die for my sins. So now I live out that love in this world um, by telling people who changed my life, who gave me this new life, Jesus. Um, And because I have the Holy Spirit in me, that's possible. It's possible for me to be a living testimony of what God has done in my life to exhibit those. You know, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Mm -hmm. So now as the church, we should be able to say, if you've seen me, you've seen Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because his attributes should live out through me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it would be nice if that were always the case. Um, But certainly we're all human and we don't always live out our testimony the way it deserves to be lived out. Um, but God is merciful and gracious, mm-hmm. and He sticks with us. Mm-hmm. So He's not an ending giver. He never takes back anything He's given you. Um, so the Holy Spirit is here in me and in all of us, and He will continue to work, um, making me more like Jesus every day that I live. Yeah, and there's there were a lot of opportunities to be corrupted back then. There's times we we get corrupted, meaning mm-hmm. we just mess up. We don't do it right. We um, don't represent God the way we should. Um, back then, when they were talking about how they would get corrupted, um, one of the reasons when, when they were talking on um, maintaining the integrity of the priest—that's mm-hmm. something as as the royal priesthood—we need to maintain our integrity with Jesus. But back then, when they were talking about how um, King Jeroboam, um, some of the things that he did, um, what were some of those things? So if you look back in 1 Kings um, chapter 12, it talks about how um, he led the people to idol worship, and he designated priests to serve people who were to serve. He designated people to serve as priests who were not Levites, which was a direct mm-hmm. one hundred and eighty degree mm-hmm. disobedience. Yeah. Yes, I need more coffee this morning. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. you, you were right there. He also instituted festivals of his own choosing. I mean, mm-hmm. God had set in place seven. How many uh, festivals? I'm thinking I think seven. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah, festivals that were the people were to um, be a part of and partake of, and he just went around and saying, "Yeah, oh, that one's okay. Let's not do that one. Let's do let's do this and call it a festival." And really led the people astray. And these aren't just party festivals, not like we're going to go have a harvest festival or whatever. Not like a sombrero. Right. (laughs) Right. You know, this was like, these were holy and and, um, Mm God-ordained festivals Mm -hmm. so that it would be a time of recognition and remembrance of of His goodness. Mm It, it was amazing to me as I was reading. He created two golden calves, mm-hmm. and then he—I'm like calves, calves, calves. people, calves. And Let's, then he proclaimed like, them God. Yeah, yeah. And said, "This is what brought this you is out your of God Egypt. That brought what? you out of Egypt. Uh, Just kind of the same. What's Again, weird is yeah. it's the same thing that happened with Aaron. Yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, like how were they tricked? Like how did I they? Know. Like, but yeah. guess what? I can do the same thing. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the part that it's like. He, yeah. What he did is he offered the calves and he created the alternative. Mm-hmm. Worship rituals. He put them in different places that were more convenient for them mm-hmm. to go to, so they wouldn't have to travel all oh. the way <laughs> to Jerusalem. And you know, I think that is the 
big thing is it is easy. Yeah. It was easy easy. and convenient and it didn't have to disrupt their life and Mm -hmm. it didn't have to disrupt their routine. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't have to really have God in it either, did they? Right. You know? And I think about how often we do that. We got in a habit of, um, we stream church. We mm-hmm. we we niche, we we've done it for months and months and months because we had to be home with Omi. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just like, we're kind of coming out of that, and I was turning to my husband, and go, we haven't been in church in so long, and like in the church, you know, mm-hmm. it was like it's so inconvenient to have to brush your teeth early, and get up <laughs> yeah, and, and all of that. And our mm-hmm. church is so convenient; they have coffee there for you, they have all this stuff Donuts, for you, donuts, yeah. bagels. I, yeah. I know, and but it. it, it it's like, I don't know, it's interesting to me in the church, we're trying to make it so easy. Mm-hmm. And in a way, are we doing the same thing with those calves and creating a, a worship that, that we don't really have to engage? Like I could be on my phone while I'm watching it on mm-hmm. the TV or mm-hmm. something like that. And you don't have to interact with other people. Right. You don't yeah. have to uh, pass the plate mm-hmm. or the, the bag. Right. You can just be by yourself and just listen to what you want to listen to. Click it off when you're done. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to sing. And I'm not saying that streaming, hands. like that streaming was super helpful for us. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. At, mm-hmm. For the right purpose. Yes. It's wonderful. Yeah. Right. You know, if you can't make it to church, you had another, I mean, Omi needed you to be home with yeah. her. Yeah. So that was awesome. But to do that instead of ever going and participating as part of the body of Christ then that's a slippery slope. Yeah. So then get is. going, and then going there to just meet people, like meet somebody or, or you know, a like that. Like, well, there are people well, that go to church yeah. for they that are. too. Yeah. They do. Yeah. And it's like, um, it's like, wow, what do you, it's, it's like changing into a different type of festival, mm-hmm. <laughs> different yeah. type of celebration, yeah. I guess. Yeah, and and I'm, I'm saying this as, as someone who's done that. I'm not mm-hmm. saying this as someone who's looking at, mm-hmm. at that. It's like, I know there's times where church felt inconvenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or doing what God wants us to do is inconvenient, and it's so slippery and so easy to get into that. Yeah. So, doing what God wants us to do is not, and I'm not saying you know God wants you to walk in church doors every time they're open. You know, right. that's right. certainly not right. what we're saying. Right. But in any context, sometimes the things that God wants us to do are not easy. They're not convenient. Like I would challenge people, uh, myself too, are there times where you're looking like you're connected to God and you aren't? Mm -hmm. That's the piece I think is, is God in this? Mm -hmm. Is Are you truly connecting with God or does it just look like it? Kind of like those calves, Mm -hmm. right? Kind of like those easier places. Right. Is God connecting with you? Are you connecting with God while you're putting up the chairs, while you're sweating with the Mm two-year-olds? You know, how are you... When you're doing it, yeah. yeah. Are, or are you, you just going connecting? through the motions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes you have to go through the motions if you're the motions if you're not feeling you're not feeling it or you're right. really in a bad place. Sometimes yeah. doing the things, going through the motions, mm-hmm. yeah. helps you get back into the real commit. You know, the real commitment and the yeah. real relationship with God. And sometimes that's where God meets you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes God comes to you when you're just going through the motions, and He's yeah. like, "Hey, I'm here. Remember." Yeah. yeah, but paying attention to which way your heart's going as mm-hmm. you're going through those motions. Mm-hmm. God, I'm so far away from you right now. Mm-hmm. I just need to be with you. I'm not feeling it here. Yeah, mm-hmm. Let me read your word. It's not even coming in. God, I don't, mm-hmm. don't even take it in, except God's word is powerful. That's right. Mm-hmm. God is present. Yeah. God will, is, is over you, and he'll, he'll break through when it's right at the right time. And obedience is huge to God. 
The Word says obedience is greater than sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when we make those efforts to be obedient to His Word, to spend time with Him praying or reading the Word, um, to spend time in fellowship, sometimes that might feel like a sacrifice, but if you just do things out of obedience, God will still honor that and mm-hmm. He will bring that to life because you have been obedient. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, we kind of went on a little rabbit trail Ooh. there from the from the priests and the Levites, but they were obedient to what God had for them too. And that's just another example of how we um, are currently like the priests of God. You know, is we're we've got the scripture, we've got the word, we we know what he wants from us, um, and we can sit in that obedience. So anyway. All right, well does somebody want to pray for us as we wind things up this morning? I'll do that. God, we just um, praise you and we just thank you so much for your word, Lord. We just thank you for the provision you've given us, Lord, the order that you've placed before us, how things have a um, a godly order, Lord, and they make mm-hmm. sense. Lord, we just ask that you open our eyes to times that we have um, kind of tried to connect to you, kind of, sort of, um, out of convenience or because we have to, but not because we want to, not because we're um, longing for you, Lord. We ask that you talk to us, that you um, reveal that to us, that you um, help us see that in our own lives, Lord. And the purpose of that, Lord, is so that we can deepen our connection with you. God, we just praise you for every woman here who is listening to us um, and every man, God, and all who understand. I love this now. (laughs) God, we just lift you up and we praise you and thank you in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And cut. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>